0: This is the Chinwag Junkie Podcast. I'm your host, Joy Stone, and welcome to another
1: episode. Hi, I'm the host of the Gumtree of Liberty Podcast and founder of the Australian Liberty Network, just a small news organisation that runs off of uh, Twitter mainly. Uh, no one is one of the youngest people to be in the libertarian community, and probably one of the ones that's had... Probably a lot of exposure with with American podcasts, you know, really enlightening the rest of the world to the to the plight of Australians during COVID. tyranny. the plight is right. Yes,
0: yeah. Um. So that that's actually I was thinking about this just before. Um. What got you into libertarianism? Like most people, especially your age, young sprightly dude. Yeah. Um. You know, they're usually left leaning. There's no doubt about that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So so I started off left leaning myself. I remember back in 2016, because of time zones, um, we were watching the uh, US election at at high school just in, the you know, Wednesday afternoon, you know, playing sport. Uh, One guy brought his phone along and was uh, giving us live updates on the election because it ran so late. And I remember being a Hillary supporter back then and then, you know, being some some woke leftist. Uh But then I was also being a bit more, you know, old style, so pro-free speech and, and the like. And coming from a from a conservative Christian background as well, we had the same sex marriage plebiscite twenty seventeen, believe so. And I remember getting in a debate with a couple of um, members of the LGBT community, and basically they were saying to me, you know, we can't let the right speak their opinion. We can't let them. Sh-. It's it's like where we are right, so therefore they aren't allowed to to say what they believe their opinion is. And I was like, well, you know, it's freedom of speech. You know, you, even if you're wrong, you can still say, you know what you think is true. And and that really woke me up to just how PC, the left had become over the last 10 or so years. So slowly transitioned to being more, more conservative, I guess, especially with the, with the election 2019 with Scott Morrison, you know, watching that as, as an Australian and then watching the 2018, um, US House of Reps, midterm elections. So, watching those two as, as a conservative and then slowly getting pissed off with the government over the preceding 12, 18 months, by the time you end up having COVID restrictions, I was like, went full bull anarchist. Uh huh. So, very, very rapid transition for, from neocon to anarchist.
0: Yeah, right. So, for me, um, I think I was 16 ish the first time I said the only difference between us and some dictatorship or authoritarian type government is uh we get to choose who tells us what to do um i said that to my dad and he was like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) and and yeah ever ever since then uh i i honestly i didn't know what a libertarian was i'd never heard the phrase before until hmm, maybe six months before uh covid even was a thing and I was talking to my my mate, and he's a he's a member of the um, Liberal Democrat, De- the Liberal Democrats. Um, he's a paid member, and I asked him what the fuck that was, and we talked for ages, and he was talking about libertarianism and all the rest of it. And I was like, hey, "This sounds alright." Then I got onto it, and fucking boom, here I am. And yeah, I'm very much, very much like you. I was uh, left leaning up until that point. Well, probably up until. Um, yeah, just after school and, uh, one of my friends, he's now an accountant, he, uh, taught me what economics was, (laughs) (laughs) like, this just doesn't work, it doesn't work, uh, but yeah, so uh, mine was, uh, very slow, progressive, sort of, into libertarianism, um, not quite anarchist yet. (laughs) Yet, yet, uh, I'm I'm fully aware that it's going to happen at some stage. There's just a couple of things that I need to uh, work through on myself and figure it out for myself. It, and I like doing that sort of thing. But um, so you're studying law, yes? How does a libertarian go at a university in today's, especially an anarchist libertarian? How
1: does it, How does that uh, sort of go while you're in class? Well, in fact, doing law school itself was the big thing that stopped me from being from going from minarchist to anarchist. Because I'm like, how can an anarchist be studying law and wanting to be working in that system? Yeah. But, by the time <laughs> I was like, had like, a bit of a crisis about, you know, where do I stand? Because the government's bad, and no government is good. But also, I'm a, a law student. You know, how do you reconcile those two? But then seeing all the COVID restrictions that we had from March onwards. In twenty twenty, made me realise that you know, I can work in the system and to, to fight it a bit, like, um, you know, work like Ron Swanson for example, working within the system to destroy it. <laughs> you live in reality, yes. is <laughs> what you're trying to say. So the but reality yeah, it, is, we have a government, yes,
0: and it's not a minicus It's a, it's full out of control, massive rules every part of your life, and yeah, well. That's the way it is at the moment. Um and so, yeah. many,
1: so many law students as well are very, very PC. Like I reckon the next ten, fifteen years it's gonna become a very, very woke profession as the, the old guard slowly retires. How's that
0: gonna work? How's how's a, a, a PC style law someone representing you in law, how's that how's that gonna work? It's sort of just facts, isn't it? Well, Feeling, think, feelings shouldn't really come into that sort of thing, I would imagine.
1: You'd think so, but there's a field of law called equity, which is basically the idea that, you know, the law is the law, mm-hmm. but it should be fair. And that's becoming mm-hmm. more and more important as we go forward in the, in the last 15, 20 years. It's been developing more and more into, you know, what's, what's fair. So, not let's, let's follow precedent and let's, you know, follow what the law says. No, it's, it's the spirit of the law, it's being fair and, you know, not being unconscionable in, in how you act and that's that's slowly becoming more and more important and I think that's where you're going to see the, the PC work culture come out a bit when you start going defamation and freedom of speech where you say, well, you have the freedom of speech but is it really fair to be offensive to someone? And that's where I think you're going to see that work culture coming in.
0: So who decides on that? Who 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 gets the ultimate say on what's fair and what's... Offensive. The court and, does. Oh, yeah. If you've got a whole system of woke sort of culture, though, that's uh, a <laughs> holy Jesus. That's loud. <laughs> um, that seems like uh, not great. I would imagine.
1: But when you have a court of seven unelected judges who, who determine everything effectively in the high court, you know, as soon as they become more more progressive, you start seeing that that culture come to life. I'm, I'm for, We're fortunate in that Justice Michael Kirby, who, who has retired, uh, he was the first openly gay member of, of the High Court. He was very much a very dissenting judge in, in, in what he did, but he was still, you know, really reasoned. So they, they did some hope there that, you know, you can still be traditionally left-wing, but still, you know, be being a fair judge. But... Like as soon as eventually you know you know how government works and you know how power corrupts. So the worry is when do we get to that point we start seeing work culture infiltrating into the into the courts in that way through judges. Yeah. Because the judges determine what's reasonable. Like all this stuff is determined through what's the reasonable person. But when you start having a, a court of people who are who are woke lefties, what's reasonable to them? Mm. Yeah,
0: well, it's the same on the right too. What's reasonable to them?
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Um, yeah, that's that. That was. You said it way better than I did, but that was that was what I was trying to get at. Like, um, who who gets to decide? You don't want some far right extremist deciding what's fair, because that's definitely bad. Yes, and the same is you don't want some anti for fuckwit doing the same thing, right? That's definitely bad. So. I think right. it'll be good. just
1: it'll be good if we have a diversity of judges, but unfortunately, sure. the way unis the w- the way uni law school is going is that there's not that much diversity. You know, I had to sit down with someone one day and and, and explain to them why it's good to have competition and why you should have public schools and private schools. I had to explain mm. to them why you should actually have anything privatised at all. Well, explain to them the importance of competition and and why that can create a better system, but. People don't think about these things, unfortunately. It's just, you know, you follow the narrative. Read these texts, listen to what we're saying to you, follow the narrative. Because a lot of these professors are are basically career professors. They don't have experience in the field.
0: Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, the narrative, uh, Joe Rogan at the moment. (laughs) Yes. he, He is coming under fire from fucking, well, from the left. But, I mean... That uh, what was his name? Um, Terrence McKinney. He he tweeted. Oh, he wrote a story um, about basically saying that he doesn't need white people to tell him what he's meant to be offended about. And people are fucking melting down because he's he's black and he's saying this. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? He said the n word. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, yeah, it seems like all all. Uh, um, look, he wasn't saying it in a in a, a derogatory way. I don't think at all. It wasn't his word. It's not his word to say. I can yes. I can absolutely get on board with that. Uh, but the way that he's been attacked, I feel like it's a some sort of smokescreen for the whole COVID thing.
1: <laughs> well, from looking like from what I see, in you know, it, it's. They're picking anything, so that, yeah, he probably shouldn't have used that word, for sure. No, but, but definitely they've, not. They've taken that and run with it, and saying, you know, we have to cancel Joe Rogan because they're they're worried what he's going to do. You know, Odyssey. In fact, it was yesterday they said to to Joe Rogan, "We'll offer you one hundred million dollars to be exclusive for Odyssey." Really? Um, and I, I'd love to, if that happens. I'd love to see it. I was saying the last few days they have said, you know, we'll we'll give you the exact same money that Spotify offered you if you leave Spotify and come to Odyssey, we were, we're not going to censor you. I think there's this push to you know challenge the mainstream media. You've got Tim Pool, Joe yeah. and, and the likes, who, who aren't left, who aren't right, and that scares the media because yeah. they can't paint them as racist and, and far right like they can Fox News and Sky News. So they're doing anything they can to say, you know, these people, they're far right, they're Nazis, they're Nazi adjacent. So they pick his use of the N-word and they run with it because they're trying to get him cancelled. At the same time, you've got, Joe, Ro- you've got uh, Joe Rogan saying the exact same thing that Joe Biden said before. Joe Biden <laughs> has used the exact same word. I got in a debate last night on Twitter uh, with a few, a bunch of progressives came and, and, and found me for, for defending Joe Rogan and saying he's not a racist. And I ended, ended up changing my Twitter bio to saying, let's go, Brendan, just to troll them. <laughs> but they were saying, to, like I said, well, you know, he's had on Bernie Sanders, a socialist Democrat, Oh yeah, uh, Or democratic socialist, whichever whichever one he is. Yeah, it's the same thing yeah, basically. So, so. He's had on Tulsi Gabbard, the first Hindu and Samoan American voting member of Congress. He's had on Andrew Yang, who's the son of Taiwanese immigrants. And, you know, he, all these people. He's had on Neil deGrasse Tyson, and, and I know that's like kind of like saying, "Well, you know, the token black person." But uh-huh. when you start having a pattern of it, it's not the token black person, the token Asian person. It's it's just this list of people who he, who he's had on. And there's a lot of people who are on the left who, or who don't call themselves right wing. they say saying, his had on Candace Selwyn's and Ben Shapiro, but he's had on Dave Rubin, who's, um, who has been a member of the leftist community and he's now slowly transitioning to a sort of a centre up position, but he's gay as well. So, picking like all these people, you can go through and say, he's not really a racist or socialist or whatever you want to call him. And then people were saying to me, like, American progressives were saying to me, oh, you know, well, Bernie Sanders must be racist, or Tulsi Gabbard must be a racist. <laughs> oh, the, sure. <laughs> the length they're going to, to say that anyone who associates with, with Joe Rogan is a racist, or is a closet racist, or a closet homophobe, it's ridiculous. They'll go to anything they can to cancel someone, and we're seeing that in, in the same way with the protests in Australia. You know, we, uh, we did a, a live stream of the Perth protests a few months ago, uh-huh. and... One of, the, one of the other members of, of the Gumtree podcast, Centrist, Aussie, he, he was talking to uh, uh, a spiritual Aboriginal person from Western Australia and he's saying well, this is apparently a far-right movement, but the members of, yeah. members of the Indigenous community who are there involved in it, it's not a, a far-right thing, but unfortunately anything that goes against the mainstream establishment left narrative, or even sometimes the establishment right narrative, is wrong, should be shut down.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, you see it all the time, yeah. So, um with the, the uh, especially with the Canberra protests at the moment, but I mean for the last two years there's there's been a, a definite narrative that has to be stuck to. Facebook's all over it. I mean Twitter and Instagram as well. But uh, um the the uh, down in Canberra the freedom movement they're they're pro choice. They're not anti vax. They've been painted. or well, they're being tried to paint, uh, be painted as anti-vax, and that's it. That's 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 all they are. They're not. They're not for. You know, most of that crowd would be vaccinated. They have to be. Yeah. If the numbers that the government are telling us are correct, most of that crowd has to be vaccinated, at least double vaccinated. And to say that you know they're they're anti-vax or whatever is, is fucking crazy. And I think that's what. What uh, Joe Rogan's really, you know, s- splitting the media with like it's it's hurting them. He his his ratings are so much bigger than uh, the mainstream, and you know, I I think that that's what they're trying to go after him for.
1: I think, and I think they're realizing the regret of, of running of supporting Joe Biden not Trump in twenty twenty because Trump gave them ratings. Oh <laughs> yeah. So by by supporting Joe Biden, you know, they've effectively screwed themselves over, shot themselves in the foot because they've lost their biggest source of, of, of attention and views, which was, which was um, Donald Trump. You know, you had Mary Trump, who's his niece. I think she announced that she was dropping off of Spotify as well. And I said, well, the only reason she has any fame is because she's an anti Donald Trump relative of Trump. You know, Mm. he he made her who she is, basically, because mm-hmm. because he was president. So all these people who, you know, their whole identity was around attacking Trump. They've, they've got no one there. They're, they're lost. They don't know who to attack because they have Joe Biden in the office and you can't attack him. So who do they go for? Well, they have to go for someone like Joe Rogan.
0: Do you reckon anything will happen with, uh, with the Spotify fucking turnout? Do you think it'll you know they they will actually cancel him do you think joe rogan will move out of spotify do you think uh he'll be censored
1: well i think i think he might move to Odyssey because we did see him apologize um for for the n word remark which probably wasn't the best time to do that um because of all the attacks he's getting like yes he should have apologized but like he's as he's being attacked and he's then going in and backtracking so got him you know, on the back foot sort yes, of thing yes yes mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I do think he might move to Odyssey, but I don't think Spotify is going to cancel him un- unless enough other artists cancel to make it not worth their while financially because, as I said, it cost them $100 million to bring him onto their platform. They're not going to want to lose that money. So
0: Has Spotify... I haven't seen. Has Spotify announced anything, said anything, commented?
1: They've brought in uh, misinformation... Oh, yes, I did, that. Sorry, yes, I did say that, sorry. And they have removed episodes. So Michael Malice lost two episodes from from Spotify. Oh, man. So they are taking down episodes that different people have done on, on his show.
0: Michael Malice is my hero. <laughs> one
1: of, one of. I love that guy. Anyways,
0: um, I was going to ask you about the Libertarian Network before we got carried away. Um yes. So what made you start that? Like, What's your plans with the future...
1: Well, it's, it started as just a group chat on Twitter because I'm like, there's so few libertarians in Australia, you know. Like, I, I mm-hmm. know people who, who are libertarian who have met through this and, like, they didn't meet someone who's libertarian before. Like, in, in person at least. One one of the guys is down in, in Canberra. Mm. He's never met a libertarian. Yeah, I mean, he's living in Canberra. That's his fault. Yeah. But still, yeah. so yeah. it's like, there's, <laughs> there's, there's so few of us here, uh, you know, let's, let's make a community and then that transitioned into, well, you know, I'm going on all these podcasts. I remember we had a massive we had a um one of the massive protests back, I think it was July. And um Clint from Liberty Lockdown, he was tweeting on Twitter, you know, does anyone know any Aussies who could cover this protest as it was happening? And just happened that like I was only like a, a, one in two thousand followers at that time, but a couple of my followers replied to him and said, Talk to this guy. Mm-hmm. So then he had me on and I'm like, and that became one of his one of his best shows yet. And I'm like, well there's obviously a desire here for libertarians in Australia to do, to do podcasting. Let's put our voice out there. Then I met Jack, who's the editor-in-chief of the website, and he's got a background in journalism, so he has the passion to run that. So it's slowly totally developed into, you know, what can we do to get the word out there of, of liberty? And we've made the point of not being libertarian, so the name's Australian Liberty Network, not Australian Libertarian Network, mm-hmm. because it's all about the ideas of liberty and, and freedom, not, not worrying about pigeonholes, yeah, politics. Because yeah. if, if you see a libertarian, then you get all the different stereotypes like, attached to that, and unfortunately, they're often negative. So just going liberty as as, as a whole to to promote those values. It's matter if, you, if you're conservative. Like I've I've said, you know, I'll work with anyone on on common ground issues. So if 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 BLM could give me a plan that I like that actually works to defund the police, well, I'd probably support it because I'll work with anyone. With with we have that have common ground, of course. You know, you do have to draw the line somewhere if you're libertarian. So Fiona Patton, probably mm-hmm. libertarian, you know. She she claims to be, but after supporting Dan Andrews and all everything that he that that he's done, you know, she doesn't have those core values there. But as long as you have those those core values of 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 liberty, you know, I'm happy to to work with you. And that's really what this has become about. It's become a movement of liberty rather than libertarianism. I've I've said that, you know. I'm an anarchist myself, but I'd rather have a country of classical liberals than a handful of high court anarchists. You know, some liberty is better than no liberty.
0: For sure. And uh, Dan Andrews, is, you brought him up just before. he uh, He's just st- uh, come out and said that uh, for overseas travellers, three shots, or well, he's not coming into Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, they can still land in Sydney and drive into Victoria, but you can't fly into Melbourne. But... How does it? This is one thing that I wanted to talk to you about. So, I've seen on Facebook comments, fucking everywhere, right? That uh, if federal and state law don't line up, then federal law supersedes state law. Is this yeah. correct? Is this right, of the of Constitution? Says That's that the one.
1: If it's inconsistent to the, if there's an inconsistency between state and federal law, um, federal law triumphs to the extent of any inconsistency. Uh, so I'm actually writing a series right now on, on the website on the issue of terra nullius and native title and, and yeah, Aboriginal it. land rights. <laughs> uh, third episode should, the third article should, the third and final piece should come out um, this coming weekend. Like It's born from a discussion on, on Gumtree of, you know, should Australia be the 26th of January, which, you know, I'm not so partial to because there was a, a massacre in 1838, um, there, was, there was a massacre on, on Australia Day. So, you know, there is that, yes, it should be celebrated, but at the same time, is that the best day, really? If that's a massacre of Aboriginals on that day? Look, I think
0: <laughs> we're missing a fucking great opportunity with May 8. Yeah. May 8, right? Australia, yes. May 8. Yes. come on. It doesn't get more obvious than that.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, I think that uh, January 26th should be... I don't think we should scrap it. I think it should be renamed some sort of remembrance day. Yes. Um, you know, fucking shit happened. There's no getting around it. Yeah. Shit fucking happened. Bad bad shit happened. Um so yeah, I think that we should celebrate it or remember yes. rather. Remember it. Um move uh, I I absolutely believe that we should celebrate being Australian. Yes. Um yeah, and um, and yeah, I think we should have it on May eight.
1: So uh, that's in, in the last article I was writing, I was breaking down you know a few cases from from the time. Everyone knows Marbo,
0: mm-hmm. and you know from the castle.
1: Yes, from the <laughs> castle, it's the vibe. Yeah, I we, I remember when I did legal studies at high school, we watched the castle. Oh nice. And then the the the, the law teacher, she does grade eleven, grade twelve every time, and then. They watch. They watch the castle at the start, and at the very end, as a going away present, she gives them, and it's, the Vi- it's the vibe. <laughs> um, you know, coaster mm-hmm. for everyone because it's it, it's the vibe. But it's it's marble. It's everything. Um, everyone knows marble number two, but marble number one was when they originally brought the case in the nineteen eighties, and then the Jockey Peterson government of, of, of Queensland was like, we we see this, we're going to pass the Queensland Coast Declaration Act. Something like that. I don't remember the exact time, the exact name of it. And basically, what it did is it retrospectively the, uh, said that all the the um, Torres Strait Islands, mm-hmm. the native, native title there was retrospect, retrospectively quashed. Right, so it was extinguished from the formation of Queensland, and then they, it got taken to the court number one. It might be number one it was taken to the court in 1988. It got to the High Court. And they had to determine, you know, is that inconsistent with the federal law, which is the RDA, racial discrimination Act, nineteen seventy five. And they found that it was because Section ten um, says that if there's a law that limits the rights of a certain ethnic or, or group or color or race, and other groups have that right, then that then that shouldn't be the case. They should all have the same rights. Mm-hmm. And the, the High Court basically said, you know, this law goes against it. And they did, they did the same thing to Western Australia in 1993 when they tried to pass a similar law in Western Australia. And so you, you see that there's... ..that, yes, the, the, the federal law does tend to have supremacy. Uh, Section 51 of the Constitution outlines what the government can pass laws, and the federal government can pass laws on. If there's a law on any of those matters, which IDA falls under that, if there's a law on any of those matters that the government has passed or Section 52, but that's exclusive government jurisdiction. Section 51, if there's any law on anything under there, so even lighthouses fall under federal jurisdiction for some reason. Okay. Because back, this is back in the 1890s when they wrote it. So lighthouses are a federal uh, matter. If there's a state law, so states and federal parliaments can pass laws on those matters. But if there's any, any inconsistency, federal law is, is triumphant.
0: Right. Makes sense. Yes. So, what doesn't make sense is with the vaccine mandates. So, again, fucking, I, I have no knowledge on law. You're my man. <laughs> so, how can states impose mandatory vaccination for whole industries um, if federal law said that, says there's no... Mandates,
1: No fucking coercion. That's federal policy, not federal law. Aha.
0: Uh-huh. If it was
1: passed by parliament, then it would be a federal law. If it's just Scott Morrison, just saying things. You know, yeah. if he actually bothered to pass a law, mm-hmm. which would be hard because they don't have a majority in the upper house, so that would require negotiations. And they, only, they have a bare majority in the lower house, but I think they would get passed. If he, if he could pass a law that said we, you can't have vaccine mandates... Then they have to try and find loopholes in it, but because he hasn't passed that law, states can do whatever they want on on vaccine mandates.
0: Yeah, right. See, uh, I've I've looked, but I I haven't been able to find an answer. So thank you for that. <laughs> God damn it, though.
1: <laughs> like the, the, the federal government can pass laws on quarantining. Yeah. Under Section Fifty One, but they won't. Right. So you you do have the Biosecurity Act, mm-hmm. but that's that was amended, I think, last year to say that they can pass human by security orders against people who come by plane or by or by sea and quarantine everyone on that plane or, or boat. So if mm-hmm. in theory, if that law existed in twenty twenty, they could use that to apply it to the Princess or was the Prince that whatever that cruise liner was yeah, so that came into yep. Sydney. Yep. They could apply it to that and then quarantine that ship. But unfortunately the federal government won't I'm an anarchist saying the federal government should intervene in state politics. But <laughs> <laughs> if, 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 basically, if the federal government intervened, they can, and it would basically stop the states from doing what they're doing. But Scott Morrison won't do that um, because he doesn't have a spine. Worried about the vote. Yeah, exactly. Worried about the vote. Yeah, that's it's why he's backflipping at the moment. Well, you, you know as well as I do that they built the, the quarantine camp at Well Camp, which is right near us.
0: Yeah, what do you think that's for?
1: Well, I think it's for. Um, well, they said they They might not even use um, one of the camps. It's the Brisbane They're not going. They, they might not use down at Bar. Yes. Yeah. Which was the the federal government's response to the state government. So Palaszczuk said, you know, we're, we're going to have a camp mm-hmm. without federal approval. Didn't tell the Toowoomba Regional Council. Didn't tell any of the three MPs yeah, in the area.
0: That really upset a few people, didn't
1: it? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so the federal government responded by the, at the end of the week, saying we're going to build our own, but it's going to be run by the state government. Oh, okay. And I didn't know that bit. So if it's, it's the Brisbane one is get, it's meant to be run by the state government, or the, the state government's going to have some role in it. So why did we br- build this fucking thing out here anyway? Because Palaszczuk wanted to get one over on the federal government. Yeah, sure. Because it, what it is, and it, like she it's knows politics. at the federal election, there's a lot of marginal seats in Queensland, which are on the coast, and the, the federal government has a majority by one. Uh-huh. So there's 151 seats in the lower house. Mm-hmm. They have 76. Yeah, right. So 75 is half of 150 plus the speaker. Uh-huh. So they have to have everyone voting on the same page. So if they lose one seat, it's minority government. So, well, Palaszczuk, and this is what I think she's doing, she knows that if she builds the camp here, she can't flip Groom and any any of the regional... Is it Condamine? Is that, is that yeah. state?
0: No, no, yeah, Condamine, yeah.
1: Yeah, she, she can't flip Condamine or, or Groom. Or Groom. But she knows if she books the camp here, she can use it to win votes in the coast. She can say, I'm doing...
0: Holy <laughs> Jesus.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh. We've lost the camera. <laughs> yeah. We'll fuck back yes. on
0: this. <laughs> no, no <laughs> we're not. <laughs> That's
1: better. All right. There you go. It's it's angled now, though. There we go. There we go. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Where yeah. was I? Oh, yeah. It. She can build the camp here. It's so actually she's doing she's doing it for safety. Yes. Oh, yeah, she can't flip. Fun. She can't flip grim condomine but she can flip marginal coastal seats. Yes. And if she does that, Labor the, the has a chance of winning the federal election. So it's all about politics. It's always a all about politics. Get the vote. And and, and the, but at the same time, she's. She's now won the Sea Olympics, which is a waste of money. So we have yeah, a, so... That's the 1930s. No, sorry, no, no, 2030s. What am I doing? 2036, I think it is. Yes, Plus I believe have you're the, right. We had the Commonwealth Games 2018. Mm-hmm. All in the Gold Coast and Brisbane. So billions of dollars in infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, our hospitals in, in Toowoomba, two private one, and one public... You know that's not enough to handle an outbreak of COVID. If there's an outbreak in, because they're already pretty full, especially the especially the base hospital, which is public. Um
0: Have you seen the COVID ward up there?
1: I have been there like, like once, I think. Yeah, I had to go there. I had to take my son there because, uh,
0: you know, he's a fucking menace. Basically, he's a menace, and he broke his nose on a uh, on a fucking pogo stick. Yeah. Anyway. So we had a trip up there and I was looking around and I'm like, what the fuck is this tent thing in the car park here? And I was informed that that's COVID ward. Yep. A fucking tent. $200 million well camp concentration camp. And we got a fucking tent in our hospital to look after the COVID patients. This yep. was this was pre-vaccine, pre-fucking all of it. Every, it was still, you know, people were still freaked uh, out. Okay. Everyone, I shouldn't say people, because there's still fucking people living that <laughs> life. Uh, everyone was still freaked out about it because they didn't know where it, what, uh, what it was, where it came from. They didn't have a fucking clue. There was people dying everywhere. We had a fucking a tent. Still do. Nothing's changed. I. I it fucking frustrates me. Like, I, I hate politics. I hate politicians. <laughs> I hate politics. But when. I live in reality, I'm paying tax, and I expect those fucking dollars to be doing something. Yep. And when I see uh, a, a, a pandemic, and we get a fucking tent for the, like you said, the main, it is the main hospital in Toowoomba, let's be serious. Yes. It's a public hospital, but it is the main hospital. It's the biggest we have in, uh, in the city, so, and it's a fucking tent.
1: And only a that tent. and St. Vincent's have emergency wards, so there's no emergency facilities at St. Andrews. Which is the second private oh, hospital? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So if there's an outbreak, we could suffer because the, the, the public hospital is always strained because it's it's free mm-hmm. or or at least cheap. So people want to go there. Um, free. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that uh, upfront cost. It's <laughs> yeah. free. Yeah. <laughs> so people people prefer to go there than having to pay to go to St. Vincent. So if there's a major outbreak at the at the quarantine facility, we suffer. Mm-hmm. And we don't we don't have the infrastructure to support that. So what it means is we have to be vigilant and follow the rules. Now a couple of weeks after they passed the QR codes, the Korean Mail, the state the state uh, newspaper, complained about low compliance rates in Toowoomba. Really, really low compliance rates with the QR codes. Yeah. Okay.
0: So I how was like, did they get that information? <laughs>
1: Yeah, because they're meant to be independent. Yeah.
0: Well, not only that, it's meant to be you know between you and no one else. Those
1: yeah. QR codes, right? Well, we, we know the police have used them. The police have admitted yeah. to using them at the very start. But, so the Courier-Mail has complained about low compliance rates in Toowoomba. So if you have the facility here, you force compliance because people start worrying because now it's right beside us. Uh. So you force compliance and you win votes. It's because they don't care about us because we're regional. Yeah, they know they can't win us over in politics. Yeah, you know we're so conservative. We voted against same-sex marriage. Yeah, which twenty seventeen
0: still fucking blows my mind. But whatever. <laughs> I think I think in the last honestly in the last ten years, if they had the same-sex marriage vote again today, I think Toowoomba would have voted yes.
1: Yeah, I think it would be a slim margin. I but think yes.
0: it would be very slim, but I think. We would, we would go
1: yes this time. Well, it was also, it was also a, slim, a slim no vote as well. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. if it was mandatory, it might be different. Mandatory. Because I, I love how with everything that we've had in the last hundred years, it's been mandatory voting. Oh, ah, yeah, yeah, But yeah. That, that plebiscite wasn't mandatory. In fact, it wasn't even a plebiscite because it, was, it, was, it wasn't even the proper setup for a plebiscite. That's got, that's got to go and be passed as a law and the like from memory, I could be wrong. It was nothing more than a postal survey that cost 150 million dollars. Yes,
0: it was 150 million dollars because the government for, can
1: uh, be bothered uh, to you know to pass the decide to, to make same sex marriage legal.
0: Although that's what I think uh, democracy should be, right? Um, if we're if we're being serious about democracy, I think it's fucking like shit. But uh, if we're being serious about it, shouldn't we be voting on all this sort of shit, like all of it? Yeah. You would think in today's age, it would be real easy to have, oh, we're going to be fucking voting on another lockdown now because another outbreak of fucking COVID. Well, that
1: won't work. Have you seen Have you seen the government website on Census Day?
0: <laughs> yeah. It crashes every time. I mean, no, I haven't because it crashes every time.
1: <laughs> so there's no way that you'd be able to do a voting like that because the government can't run its own website, let alone a proper digital election of some sort and if you did it in person during covid yeah sure yeah that's not, that's the, not ideal when we, when we had the the, the council elections which were a couple of months after covid here in 2020 you know that was a complete mess because we had covid and no one knew what they were doing mm-hmm. so you have the same problem today all, all the fear-mongering mm-hmm. with omicron mm-hmm. the flu yes
0: yeah um, well they are
1: saying we're going to have the flu in winter so yeah
0: we could come back first time in a couple of years um but i've noticed that uh you know places like cnn I know they're american uh american and all the rest of it but they're starting to say that you know these uh face masks they don't work um you know fucking surprise surprise uh but we still have to wear them like uh, the the kids at school still have to wear them um you yeah, know, New South Wales and Victoria are doing that two tests each week on the, each kid that goes to school, which is fucking horrible. Um, and they haven't reported any any massive outbreaks. I'm sure there's a few cases and whatnot, but there's been no massive outbreaks, news stories. That, that would be a huge, huge story if, if, you know, kids returning to school were causing COVID outbreaks. So... Why are kids wearing masks? And why the fuck did we put off the school year for two weeks? And yeah, there's a little conspiracy theory behind <laughs> those, but and one of my favourite ones. But you know, it just seems, uh, um, yeah, it it seems like optics, right? It seems yep. like optics. She's like like you said, politics. She's trying to win votes. She still needs votes. She's all she's. They always all
1: all need votes.
0: So first, fucking the first thing that they got to do while they're uh, while they're in power, if that's what you want to call it, and we've
1: it. seen that these votes, the if they do these measures, they do win votes. They um, do. Tas- Tasmania, I think, they did, when they had their election, they didn't have any changes um, in terms of makeup of the of parliament. In Queensland, Labor Labor picked up four seats and the Greens picked up one,
0: which really surprised me. Right, um, I th- I thought I I didn't think that. That uh, that Anastasia Palajay was going to win. I, w- I was I was pretty sure, very confident actually. <laughs> I, and and then to and then to win more seats, I was just like, wow, people are really buying into this.
1: Well, you know what's worse? Western Australia swing towards McGowan, almost twenty oh, percent.
0: No way,
1: almost twenty percent.
0: Wow, wow. When's when's Western Australia speaking? Of Western Australia. When when are they going to be their own country? When are they going to secede?
1: I don't know, but I think they should. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think I all the states should, but they do have the, the a big movement for that, or the biggest of any of the states. Mm-hmm. They're Australia's Texas when it comes to succession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. They're,
0: they're sort of Californian, the way they are carrying on at the moment. Yes. <laughs> um, so, armchair lawyers. Let's talk about armchair lawyers, like the common law thing on Facebook that I keep saying um, there's. Let me think. I'll get this right. Some fucking sworn sheriffs. Let me know if you've fucking seen this as well. I think it's all shit, but some sworn sheriffs are, are given uh, notices to appear in court to members of parliament that have locked us down and violated our rights apparently. And they keep referencing common law. I don't know what part. I can't remember. Uh, but do you know anything about that? No, I don't. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I I haven't really even heard you'd... about that yet. I didn't even know it really? was happening. Yeah, okay. So what, what are they doing? I'm going to have to send you a link. Um, so, like I said, I've only seen it on a couple of Facebook pages and whatnot. But there's they, they're they sending summons to to politicians, people in parliament, Um. And they're they're using common law. Now, I don't even know what that means. Like I said, I've fucking haven't studied law. So at common all. common law is is court law,
1: court law. So it's court decisions.
0: And the, is that
1: different to? Is, how is that different? So there's there's, there's, two, there's two types of law. Right. There's statute. Yeah. Well, there's actually technically three. Okay. You know, you've got constitutional law, which comes from the constitution. Yeah. Statute, which is legislation, and common law, which is court decisions. Right. So that's where precedent comes in. So. If there's been a previous, so say the the, the supreme the, the Queensland Supreme Court was hearing a case, and the High Court had heard a similar case on it, uh, that that would be, then be binding on this Queensland Supreme Court. So right. e, so either the Supreme Court has to follow that, or they have to distinguish it, and that distinguishing means they have to point out that the facts of the two cases are different, and therefore precedent doesn't apply. So that's how common law works. It's it's developed from the courts, right? And it's it's where we get our rights from in Australia. Yeah. Which is horrible. It is. Um, it so really is. We've decided that when we became a nation, we were going to copy the US Constitution, but not their Bill of Rights, mm. and keep the English Bill of Rights, which is common law, mm. the living law. Yeah, okay. And it doesn't it means that we don't have any enshrined rights. I think there are only like five in in the Constitution. It's, it's like marriage, voting, jury, and a couple of other ones.
0: Oh, shit. No one wants to do any of those. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. Ma- marriage? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, vote, vote, <laughs> voting, right to 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 trial by by jury, and then there's also you can't have any goods seized unfairly.
0: Okay, a bit like
1: civil asset forfeiture. That's which interesting. is a US thing. Yeah. Um, and in the, the last one is prohibition against discrimination based on state of residency.
0: Yeah. Okay. Don't state. Hang on. Going back to the uh the civil asset forfeiture. Don't states take people's car off them if they uh, break law too many times?
1: Unfairly. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so we we have we don't have a bill of rights at all, and, and even when we need know, one, we've got one in in Queensland in theory, yeah. the Human Rights Act, mm-hmm. which isn't a bill of rights because it's a it's statute. Yeah. So okay. statute is a level below. So in it's, that's a hierarchy: constitutional law, then mm-hmm. statute, then common law. Yeah. So because it's a statute, you know, they can change it however however they want. The constitution has to be a referendum. But if it's just a normal normal law, it's just a simple majority. You can change it however you want. And there are provisions in it for safety. So you can override human rights in the name of safety. It's the exact same in Victoria. So Dan Andrews, what he's doing is legal under the Human Rights Act in Victoria because it's for safety.
0: Well, it's definitely legal now because he got that fucking his latest bill through. Which is again,
1: it's fucking blowing my the mind. The pandemic bill, yeah. See, that allows for discrimination against individuals. Yeah, not, you know, not individuals, but groups of two or more. I'm pretty sure it is. Yes. Based on any characteristic. Yes. And that's legal because the Equal, the Equal Opportunity Act of 2010 says that the Victorian government can itself discriminate in its laws. God damn, you love this shit, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I it's, can tell. It's, well you know, the law is the law is, is very important it's to COVID because that's it's all done through the law and, and is is it legal or is it not legal? Yeah. And and going back to, to the to the rights that we have in common law supposedly nineteen oh eight, I think it was there was a court case, and they said that, you know, you have the right to freedom of movement except when we say you don't. Mm. Mm. Freedom of movement except when the government passes a law that says you don't have freedom of movement. So you know, we don't have much in the way of rights like you do in, in America.
0: We just choose our dictator.
1: And, of course, because it's, because it's it's all, quote, unquote, common law, people then then don't know their rights.
0: Yeah, so I've uh, done a podcast with a guy named Mike Palmer from Know Your Rights Group on Facebook. Yeah. Um, very, very interesting. Full of knowledge. Definitely check him out if you haven't already. Uh, but, and, and I was asking him, why? Why, why? the fuck isn't the Constitution taught in school? Like most people that I talk to, don't even realise that there is such a thing as the Australian Constitution at all. They they don't realise that we do have kind of uh, freedom of speech. You know, they don't. It's just it's non-existent. That knowledge is non-existent. And yeah, well, he he had his own uh, own opinion on that and and I did agree with him like it's it's easier to to trick people to control people to do whatever the fuck you want if they don't know where they stand legally or or otherwise
1: it's, it's one of the reasons why Australia doesn't have that liberty mindset that you see in America yeah. nominally at least um, because they have that bill of rights to say no that even though all those rights have since been you know obstructed by other laws that have been passed they still know their rights in theory, which is whereas we don't have that. Um, you know, obviously, as you said, we aren't taught civics in school. I think the most you do is... It was grade seven, now it's grade six. They look a little bit at Australian history. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you do legal studies at high school, they look a little bit at the legal side of things, uh, the courts in that. But that's all we get in terms of civics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, people don't know <laughs> no. how, th- how things work. So I've started... Today I published the first article it. I'm doing a series on the website on exactly how the government and constitution works because people don't know. We've got the election in May. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to break down just how all that stuff works by then uh, because people just don't know why we have what we have and they don't know how it works because no one's taught it in school. Like In, in America, I think it's grade 10, they have mandatory civics. Really? So everyone in America is taught civics at high school. Yeah, right. And their history classes, they, they go through... Even in primary school, they go through the War of Independence uh-huh. and, and sometimes the Civil War, and they go through American history all the time and they're going through all this stuff. So it's being taught to them year after year. We don't get that. Do you it's, think that's why it plays a part? Because Australians
0: never had to fight yeah. against their government for their freedom?
1: Yeah, it, it's why Australia and Canada... So submissive when it comes to, to, to these policies, like people, government's
0: always done the right thing, people right?
1: People say to me, You know, oh, the reason this is coming from so many Americans that I hear, and it's really frustrating when you hear it all the time the reason you guys don't have freedom is because you, is because you don't have guns. Well, that's true, but and, but, that's, <laughs> but to, to me, I'm like, that's a symptom, not the problem yes, itself. Yes, the problem is the mindset that caused us to give up our guns in 1996 97 if we had our guns now it would be a sign that we didn't have that submissive mindset because we take our freedom for granted we got all our freedom through voting or mm. or well, was given to us by the british and we didn't even vote on it so that's you know is is very different to say america even even the uk because they had in world war 2 they were at risk of being invaded we haven't even had that canada had a war in 18 war of 1812 against america so they had that little bit little bit that's why they're a little bit better than we are because they at least have had that war.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We've had nothing threatening Australia. The most we've had is the is the Japanese in World War 2
0: Where'd they get to? PNG?
1: They, they couldn't even come to Australia because mm. they were already fighting a land war in Asia. Um, plus, they were fighting America. They didn't have the resources, men, anything to come to Australia. You know, it's pro- the, the government had propaganda saying, you know, where next? They could never have got to us because... It, it would be they'd be stretched too much. They were they were already stretched too much. It, they wouldn't have done anything if they came here. The most they did is like sent in submarines into Sydney, yeah, and, and bombed Darwin, but that was about it.
0: Yeah, but again, that's not a uh, land invasion army. That's planes. It's not not, even, not even the Battle submarines. of Britain, which was what yeah.
1: the which what the UK had, and then they stood alone for a year until the Soviets got the Soviets got involved. You know, we haven't had anything like that. That America is the most free because they had that Bill of Rights and the War of Independence, and the UK has had a war to, that they were at risk of being abated. Canada has had a war. We've had nothing. Mm. I'm and thankful there, for that, by the way. Yes, yeah. but <laughs> there, there are a couple of things. Um, so there's, there's the, the Rum Rebellion, which was which was a, a rebellion by beginning in 1808, by the military with civilian backing against the governor, Governor Bligh, mm-hmm. because he basically he outlawed barter, and he was a very tyrannical. He was the guy who uh, overthrew the, the on the on the he overthrew the mut, the mutiny on the Bounty or, or whatever it was. There was a famous mutiny that was earlier that was British, and he he overthrew that mutiny by the by the the ship's crew. So he had a very tyrannical background. He wasn't a good governor. So he got overthrown and replaced by two years by the, by the military, who were a lot better because they, they had civilian backing. Mm. So it wasn't like a military dictatorship. It was they had civilian support for him. Uh, and then you have the Eureka Stockade as well. Eight. Yeah. But those aren't torts.
0: No. It, like, I'd, we, I'd we never... Have,
1: we have these two days that aren't celebrated. The most we have is Anzac Day mm. to celebrate, you know, who we are as a nation. And Anzac Day was us fighting because we were told to fight for the British. Mm. We didn't get a say in that.
0: No, and I, I hadn't heard of the Eureka Stockade for years after I finished school. I finished school in 04. And I, I, I didn't have a fucking clue what the fuck it, it was when I first heard about it. Um, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I heard about it and I learnt about it after I looked it up on Wikipedia. Yes. So whenever the fuck that came out is when I learned about it.
1: The downside of picking that day is Australia Day, which has been a floated alternative, is that it led to the white Australia policy. Okay. Because these these were gold miners, so a lot yep. of stuff they they, they they stood for the American independence movement stood for, you know, like taxation without representation and that sort of stuff, and you know, expensive mining licenses, which as libertarians we should support, but at the same time they also sort of like you've laid in too many Chinese immigrants. They're coming here, they're mining our gold. Mm-hmm. It then led to a, a report. Uh, the uh, uh, commission report kind of, kind of like the High Commission, Royal Commission, and that said, yeah, you got, to, you guys have to, got to limit immigration from China. Yeah, okay. So that's 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 why it's not the best day to replace Australia Day as, as being that, as replacing January twenty sixth, is because It had a lot of racist. It, it led to racist policy, so it's not not the best for that. But we do have those two days from from Rebellion In eighteen oh eight and Eureka Stockade eighteen fifty four, which just aren't taught. No, not at all. Not at all. Because Australians have always been told what to do by the British and or or, or America now with whatever, whatever America says. Yeah. You know Australia spent much of the Cold War being anti-nuclear. And then we have we have ANZUS, which is us, New Zealand, the US in an alliance. Um, and that's a whole mess. That alliance because that, that's why that's why we keep getting involved in America's foreign wars. I had a lecture explained to me as being that's like paying premiums on an insurance policy. Yeah. We fight America's wars just in case we might get invaded and they have to come to defend us, but. That New Zealand was even more anti-nuclear than we were, and a, a nuclear-powered, I think nuclear-armed U.S. ship entered New Zealand waters, and they denied, they denied its harbour um, because they were anti-nuclear. And, and then the U.S. said, "Okay, screw you. We're going to we're going to kick out of And Australia picked America over New Zealand. Yeah, okay. We're America's fifty-first state. We picked America over New Zealand, our 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 brother, our ally. Mm. So New Zealand was basically out of ANZUS for decades because we sided with America over New Zealand. We we do we went from straight from the Britain, and then Britain couldn't defend us in World War Two, so we went to America 1951, 1952 as we you have ANZUS. So we've always had either the British who were the world the world power at the time, yeah. sent to so America, and then the, the next world superpower. So we've always gone to bigger nations for protection. Probably the most famous example of this is, is the, the 1930s. Um, the British at the time could pass laws on behalf of Commonwealth nations. And there was a meeting that led to the Statute of Westminster, which basically said that the British government can't pass laws for colonies and, you know, give colonies more control over foreign affairs. A lot of the other you know, Commonwealth nations, so like Canada, New, Ze- New Zealand, South Africa, they supported it. Our government, nah, we're fine. Fast forward to 1942, because we didn't pass that law, because the government didn't think we needed to. Our navy's operating under, under UK naval law. Then there's a couple of our so, a couple of our naval um, men are up for court for um for for trial, mm-hmm. um in front of the military tribunal because I think it was murder. The British government has death penalty. We don't. Really. So it took that for the Australian government to then pass a statute of Westminster and then retrospectively date it to the declaration of war against Germany in order to avoid the British law applying and then save our men from death penalty. So it took that, the risk of, risk of losing our own soldiers but to the British laws, to cause the government to change its mind. And you wonder why people are so submissive. We had this history of going on... Like, even when Western Australia, they tried to get independence before, they did a ref- referendum and they succeeded... And they went to the UK for verification. And the UK said, yeah, but we don't want you to get independence, so you're part of Australia, you stuck with it. They declared it invalid. When was that? Uh, 1930s to 1920s. Really? So Western Australia tried to get independence because they always were, as I said, a bit like, a bit like Texas. They didn't join Australia until a couple of years later because mm-hmm. they, they were concerned about the about borders, of all things. Mm-hmm. They were concerned, concerned about their borders and their autonomy. So that when, in the Constitution, in the... In the um, Introduction. It doesn't mention Western Australia. It mentions every state but Western Australia, because they weren't part of the nation when it went to the UK to be passed as law. So they've always had an independent streak. There's now WA Exit or Waxit, which is basically Brexit, yep. which is a party in Western Australia. It's, it's only small. They don't have any representatives in 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 government, but it still is a party. Yeah, they're the only state to have that. They've always had their independent streak, but now they have, now they have McGowan. Yeah. So you go from trying to get independence from Australia. To McGowan in the space of less than 100 years.
0: But he wants to, to, to secede from Australia as well. He would be a terrible emperor.
1: Yeah, but to be, <laughs> be, to be a tyrant himself, that, that's yeah. the only reason why, because he wants power.
0: For sure, for sure, for sure. Speaking of wars though, Russia. What's going on over there? What's no one <laughs> knows. No one knows.
1: knows? The, the, the US did a, they re- released a report from, the, from US officials that said there's a 70%, there's a 70% chance of war. Hmm. Didn't release their sources.
0: Yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I found out. Oh, well, I found out. I read um, uh, maybe a week and a bit ago that um, America was sending real troops there. Yes. Um, Somewhere in the vicinity of 3,000. You know, shit's getting serious when they send actual people to a spot, wherever it be around the world. Um, I mean, they've already got fucking tanks there. They've already got, you know, other ammunitions and all that sort of stuff that they sent over there to
1: help the Ukraine as support. But they're actually sending people there now, so... The UK sent 2,000 anti-tank guns. Oh, yeah, yeah. And 30 soldiers from the Rangers Regiment. Um, I think it's Rangers Regiment, which is a newly established group that's basically like what the 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 US did inside of Vietnam. They go there, they train... And they advise, yeah, okay, which is the exact same thing that the Americans mm-hmm. did to the South Vietnamese in the Vietnam War.
0: They started doing that in um, Iraq too. Uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, Afghanistan. Early on, that was their yeah. idea. They, you know, they were only meant to be there for two years or
1: something. And twenty years later, and three trillion dollars.
0: Anyway, <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> but said, yeah,
1: they sent they sent a few troops to advise and train. And we saw that the Americans do that, and that ended up being a full-scale military invasion. So, mm-hmm. you know, that when we had um, a meeting, which was uh, two weeks ago, between the UK ministers and Australian ministers, mm-hmm. uh, Maurice Payne said that, who's the Home Affairs Minister, said that we would... Home Affairs? For, no, Foreign Affairs. She said we would work with the British and work in, work in cooperation. We wouldn't go to war with them, mm-hmm. with, with, U, with Russia over Ukraine, but we would work with the British... And working in tandem, but the British have sent over guns and men. Mm-hmm. America's sending over uh, men and, and and tanks. NATO is you know reinforcing the Dutch, the the British, the French, the German. They're all get they're all getting involved. And you know what's the reason? What's the justification for this? It's also because Russia's doing that. Mm. And why is Russia doing it? Because the Americans are doing it. So it's brinkmanship. It's they're both pushing the other side to end up declaring war. Who
0: who's who's going to make a move? Biden or Putin? Putin won't. He knows Putin what he's
1: doing. Won't? He knows what he, he knows. What he's doing. Oh, he, yeah, for sure. He won't make a move unless he got a, a, a really good reason for it. Yeah, because the reason I see it, the, the way I see it, is that it's a bit like Sudetenland in the nineteen thirties. You know, Hitler went to went, went to take the, the Sudetenland from Czechoslovakia, which was had a lot of Germans in it, and he said, "Okay, I'm going I'm to take this." They had the the, the meeting between uh, Mussolini. Hitler, uh, Chamberlain, and and the French president, and they basically, they basically said, okay, you can take that land, but nothing more. Then he went and took the rest of the country the next year, mm-hmm. and got, got away with it. Um, and you, you look at that and you go, he took uh, Biden, uh, not Biden. Putin took Crimea. Crimea, yep. And Obama, Obama said, don't do this; you'll cross the red line. Putin did that. Nothing happened.
0: Mm.
1: Nothing serious happened. Mm. So now he's testing, still seeing what more you can get, but.
0: Yeah, saying that when when he did take Crimea, America was pretty balls deep into a war war already. You know their their whole fucking war machine sitting so was around. Russia.
1: So was Russia. Russia was funding the Russia funding um a, a faction in Syria. Oh yeah. So Russia's also doing the exact same thing. Yeah, they're they're, they're funding rival rival factions, and yes, yes, America was in Iraq and Afghanistan but they have the manpower to fight elsewhere
0: yeah sure but now the thing that concerns me is now they've got their whole war machine sitting idle warmed yep. up but sitting idle yes true and you know they've got a fucking pretty weak leader there whether you like him or not i do not <laughs> <laughs> but he's a pretty weak leader yes he, he i think it, personally i think it's cruel that he's in in charge of all of that I think he has so. no idea what he's doing. He has yeah, no, no idea. But no yeah, it, it's the, the
1: military-industrial no complex is pushing for war,
0: for sure, for sure. And that's why I'm worried about it because, because, like I said, it is sitting idle at the moment. They're not involved in. Yes, they have you know little fires here and there around the world, but there's no big money maker like they've had for the last twenty years. Yeah. Like that's been a fucking massive honeypot for Raytheon and 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 uh, Halli, uh, not Halle Berry. No, that's an actor. <laughs> Halliburton, Halliburton, you know, f- f- fucking those those places of billions of dollars, yeah. billions of dollars. And to have that much and then Russia just be like, you know, fucking maybe we could take the Ukraine and you know, I ca- I can't see it I can't see it not happening.
1: I reckon that they're quite pissed that that Biden put out of you of, 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 of oh, Afghanistan. for Afghanistan. Sure. I reckon for they're sure. quite pissed. Would
0: have to be. Would have to be. Um yeah, I, 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 I'm glad that Biden pulled out of there. Yes. Uh, the way he done it was a fucking <laughs> mess. <laughs> like, holy fucking mess. But I'm am, I am really
1: glad that he got out of there. We sent in one of, the, one of our Boeing uh, aircraft. It took out, like, 20, 30 people in a massive Boeing, in a, in a massive aircraft. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it was 40, but we took out well, just our officials. Didn't yeah. take any, of the, any people who were seeking asylum. Nothing. We took out, people, and then we left.
0: You know what Biden took out when he was pulling out? A bunch of kids. Drone strike. Like, <laughs> what the fuck is that? Yeah. Like, just, yeah. it was the biggest mess, I think, ever
1: that I will see in my life, and I hope. Instead of, instead of war, they now put massive sanctions in place. Yeah, which so, hurt
0: people. Which well, hurt civilian
1: people. People from like, Afghan women are selling their kidneys to feed their family. Over half the over half the country is in is suffering to the to the extent that they're you know barely hanging on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the idea of sanctions was you know we we're going to sanction the, the Taliban government, but as we've seen time and time again, sanctions don't hurt the government; they hurt the people. Mm-hmm. Look at North the, the, Korea. The only way sanctions hurt the government are government response to the people, but in dictatorships. The, pe- the government has no reason to respond to the people in a democracy. At least in a democracy, in theory, the government has to respond to the people if they're suffering. But in a dictatorship, yeah, as you said, North Korea, there's there's no incentive there for the government to get involved. No, so none at all. The people are suffering, but the world won't ease their restrictions, their <laughs> sanctions. Oh What's God, damn it. Again? <laughs> I think that works.
0: <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't yes. fall again. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so, so
1: yeah, so the, all these sanctions and restrictions—they like stopped aid. Uh, they wouldn't send any aid to to, to um, like Afghanistan. No aid. No aid. Okay. Um, over like a lot of under the the last regime, which was a U.S. puppet, at least forty percent of their income—I think it was actually a lot more—came from aid. Yeah. Most okay. Most of the public spending. Was funded by aid and foreign grants. Really, and the U- the U S was there for, for twenty years. They didn't have a, They weren't there to run the country, so they didn't spend time booting up government infrastructure. Yeah, the puppet government was limited because they had to do what the U S government told them to do. Then the U S left, and in leaving in the war with the Taliban, as they left in those last few months, anything that was left in terms of government infrastructure, like institutions and the like, was destroyed. So they've got nothing to to run, and the Taliban have realised that they've got nothing set up. Their people are struggling. Billions of dollars have been frozen. So most of the government's uh, financial reserves were frozen by the US. So they're sitting in the federal. They're sitting in in New York in the bank. Most of the most of the government's financial reserves from the from the from the Afghanistan Central Bank, and the US just froze that. And now there's talk of giving reparations to victims of 9/11 now that <laughs> on, that that that's on its face because the 120 something families have been pushing for it for a while on the face there's nothing wrong with that but the reparations are the exact amount of money that's sitting in the bank
0: yeah of course it is of course it is
1: that's uh so the, the the people asking for reparations is is fine by itself but they want that it that should be a compensation for that for you know losing loved ones. But that actually come from Al Qaeda, not Taliban, because that was an attack by Al Qaeda. Mm. Not, not that the Taliban is associated, but it's not the same thing. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but they yeah. they they rented on property, <coughs> essentially. If I'm right, I believe I am.
1: Yes, they 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 provided, um, you know, say, say like safe housing mm. and, and the like, but not much more space to
0: train. That sort of thing,
1: and I have heard this from from uh, a, a guy on Twitter, um, American anarchist. He's an investigative journalist. He's been involved with like exposing the Taliban and and, and the government and mm-hmm. like, and, and even he said, um, and I don't know if he's correct, correct or not here, but he said that the 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 Taliban or Al Qaeda or whoever offered up leaders in return for not having war, and then the US got involved, and then the US said, no, we're going to go to war anyway. So I I, I don't know how true that is, but I have heard that. There was offers of, you Look, know, it wouldn't we'll, surprise we'll me. We'll give you uh, these people. But it wasn't even about 9-11. I reckon it's about the opium, the, the poppies. Yeah,
0: for sure. There's massive the, amounts of money once there. Once the
1: US were involved... Fucked oil. Profits from that skyrocketed. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the, um, I remember... I can't remember the numbers, but I do remember reading something that, you know, the, about the opium coming out of Afghanistan and how much it had increased. Yeah. After the invasion, it's like, well, that doesn't make sense. How does that make sense? Now, make that make sense.
1: Think about every other invasion we've seen in history. It's destructive. It yeah. destroys everything. Should it destroyed the opium crop. Should have. Why is it growing? Why, why, were is they, it, is, why is it booming? Why were they
0: guarding it? I yeah. remember seeing photos of uh, American troops guarding the poppy
1: fields. And that was, that was interesting, to say the least. Yeah, they weren't in there because the Taliban, they were in there. Money. To, to, to get to get money. Yeah. For the military industrial complex and for the Ethiopian poppies. They're in there to get... Same reason they went
0: into Iraq. This was all that oil. All that liquid gold. There's no other reason yeah. for it. No other reason at all.
1: It's not national security. It's profit. Yeah. It's always profit.
0: Come on. All right. I've got a uh, random question for you. Um, yeah, we can, we can do it now. Wind it up. Um, why is fucking weed... So important in court cases. If they can bring it up, they will. Why is it? Why is it so toxic, so to speak? In your in your opinion, whether it be war on drugs. Yeah, that's what I reckon it was. How did we get involved in the in America's war on drugs? Is it just because America's doing it? We we've had a war on drugs. Oh
1: yeah, I think that was the first article I wrote for for, for Alien for the website was about our war on drugs. Cool. You know, it's been. Over third, like over a third of Australians, it could even be as high as a low forty percent of people over the age of fourteen have taken drugs at least once in their life. Oh come
0: on, that's fucking ninety percent, and you know it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that, that's that's people who are willing to admit that they've taken drugs. Yeah, 40 percent sure. of people. Yeah, you know we've we used to have hemp used to be legal and the like, but they they outlawed it all that in the nineteen fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go back to Eighteen ninety six, there was a, a law passed by our, our government in Queensland, which did two things: it governed Aboriginals and was protected like 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 an assimilationist law to govern them, which is a race, basically racism mm-hmm. in, in practice, and to control the trade of opium. Of opium, so that bill that law was passed for two reasons: Aboriginals mm. and opium. Well, there was a lot of Chinese coming in at that time? It was to stop the Chinese from selling opium because Uh there was a big opium problem. Opium was being paid. The aboriginals were being paid in opium. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. So the government got involved to regulate that. Didn't stop it, though, but it was regulated. Yeah. Uh, In theory, it was to stop all the opium trade, but I've heard um, claims that it it was only a force against the Chinese, not against white people. Yeah, okay. But we've always had a war on drugs. So since the 1800s, a war on drugs... Like America, it's not as widespread as America's is, but it's still definitely a war on drugs that we've had. And unlike America, it's legal nowhere. Mm. So all we have is I think you can own you can small amounts of weed South in Australia? the ACT.
0: South Australia, you're allowed to grow your own. I'm sure you are. Personal use.
1: That might be new then. That might be a recent law.
0: I'll need to look that up. I'm writing it down.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> apart from that, like most American states have legalised weed in some capacity.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even Texas, like they turned a blind eye to it, so to speak.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: it's a fucking plant.
1: Doesn't matter if really? it's, it doesn't matter if it's a state Democrat or Republican. A lot of them are just you know legalizing it anyway, even though the federal government won't act. Mm. But we don't have that here in Australia.
0: No, no, unfortunately. All right. Um. So tell us where we can find you.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Liberty Down Under, underscore U N D R. On Instagram it's U N D E R. Oh, fuck, i uh,
0: <laughs> Oh, no. No, no, no. no that's it. That's...
1: <laughs> yep. You got it. Awesome. Yeah. It's just because you can't have a sixteen character at on, on Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah, so right. I'm off by one letter. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's point. and I'd probably need to change Instagram to be the same as Twitter. Uh, and then you can find the, the work of, of the Gumtree of Liberty podcast and Australian Liberty Network on, on Twitter at AusLib Network. And the website is australianliberty.network.
0: All right. Podcast was called?
1: Gumtree of Liberty.
0: Excellent. On Spotify?
1: On Spotify. Goddamn where right he, where, it Wherever you can find podcasts. <laughs> yeah,
0: awesome. All right. Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. We really appreciate it. You've uh, taught me lots. <laughs> I'm going to have to look up a lot. But, yeah, thanks. And we'll be doing it again at some stage. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Mm, 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 mm.